I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined by no one. Today, solo pod, second solo pod in a row. Hope you guys enjoyed yesterday with Isaac. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Man, Christmas is always awesome for me. I love spending time with family. It's almost like a requirement that you just have to stop whatever you're doing. All the families has to get together. And uh, it's no questions asked. You just have to. You have to make it work. You have to get there. I don't. I know not all families are like that, but my family growing up, Christmas was just this massive thing. It seemed like Christmas in my family was even bigger than birthdays, bigger than you know any other holiday, Thanksgiving, you know Halloween, whatever. Some people Halloween is like this massive deal for them, but for us it was Christmas. Christmas Day went great today. Got to spend it with my my family, my wife's family. And uh, some of my extended family as well. So it was great to, to see all of them. I got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the Switch. It was awesome. Me and my two brother-in-laws and my wife played it for about eight hours today. And it was amazing. It's a great game. <laughs> I, I enjoy it a lot. There's a lot of different parts uh, to it that I still haven't figured out yet. There's a lot of different aspects to it. And you're trying to go around and you're trying to get all these different fighters. You start with, I think, nine. I think we started with nine. It was just this tiny number. Whereas if you're used to playing the Super Smash Brothers games, you have all these different players and all these different options. And when you first get the game and you first open it up, you only start with these, you know, very small select few players. And then you kind of, you know, you build and you gather all these players around. And so right now in the NBA... The Mavericks are starting with, you know, this small group of players. We have this core of this Mavericks team. And you start trying to build and you start trying to pull people around, start trying to, to bring in a whole bunch of other guys. And uh, you have to decide which guys are the ones that you want to keep, which guys are the ones you want to get rid of. And this is what we've been talking about the last couple of days. Now, right now, the, the, these last two podcasts, what Isaac just talked about and what I'm going to talk about today are about people and players that the Mavericks could go target and possibly get to pair with the Mavericks core is what who we're going to talk about soon. Not necessarily the players the Mavericks are going to send out. So this is not the podcast to talk about fake trades. I might suggest a couple of them in here, but this is just who I see in the Western Conference, the landscape of the Western Conference. I looked through all the teams, all their cap sheets, all whoever's playing, the minutes and all that stuff to try and figure out who are guys that could be available for the Mavericks? Who are, who are players that the Mavericks could be projected to acquire in a trade, potentially, that are just available? Now, you probably at this point have seen the Mark Stein newsletter or you heard about it where he talked about how opposing GMs are seeing and guessing or assuming, I guess, that Dennis Jr. is going to be available. We are going to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. So, if you're listening to this on December 26th, the day after Christmas, we will talk about this tomorrow on the 27th when we will have a podcast talking about the Mavericks' first game against the Pelicans. We'll do all that kind of stuff. Isaac and I will both be back together. But today, I'm just going to focus on the Western Conference trade targets. And I won't be talking about the Dennis Smith Jr. rumors and all that stuff. I'm not going to be even mentioning Dennis Smith Jr. in a potential trade um, for any of these guys. I might, but I'm not. I'm not planning on it. <laughs> at this point, starting this podcast. So 
All right. To talk about the trade targets in the Western Conference is way harder than the Eastern Conference. Isaac gave me the way harder option because you have all these teams that are so close. If you look at the standings, and if you look at the standings right now after Christmas Day, you start to look through and you say, okay, well, Dallas is in 12th right now. This is where the Mavericks are. They're 12th, but they're 15 and 17. They're just two games under 500, and they've gone on pretty much a losing streak over the last week or week and a half or so. And so they're thinking, well, maybe the Mavericks can come out of that. We hope, obviously, the Mavericks can come out of that. I know all you guys on listening to this podcast think that they are going to be able to come out of this. You look at the teams below them, Minnesota, New Orleans. Those two teams have all NBA caliber guys, and New Orleans has a guy that is probably the third best player in the entire NBA. And so they have they have a shot because if you have a player like that, they get hot. They you know put the team on their back. One or two more guys on the team get hot. You can start putting some wins together if you're teams like that. Especially if your schedule kind of softens, you play a lot more Eastern Conference teams. You can kind of put together a couple, string together a couple of wins and put yourself right back in there. The Pelicans are 14th in the Western Conference right now, and they're only 15 and 19. Four games under 500. You go on a four-game winning streak, you're back up to 500. That puts you up, you know, four or five spots. Then all of a sudden, two more wins, and you're back. You're back in the in, in the in the uh, in the playoff hunt. Now it's getting harder and harder. It's not as close as it was the last couple of weeks, but it's still a, in within the realm of possibilities that even the Pelicans, who are all the way down towards the end of the Western Conference standings, could get back into the playoffs. Then you look all the way at the top. You look at Denver. Denver is 21 and 10. They're the best team in the Western Conference. And Denver has a ton of injuries right now. Paul Millsap is out. Gary Harris is out. Will Barton has been out. You know, guys just going in and out. Jamal Murray, I feel like, has missed time. And Jokic is, is always seems like he is uh, right there waiting for an injury to happen. The way just the way that, that guy plays and how big he is and uh in slow plotting. And it just feels like, you know, you kind of cringe every time he jumps or goes for a loose ball. You're like, oh, don't. Don't twist anything, but yeah, he's been he's been fine so far. But and I, Isaiah Thomas has been out for them. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr., their first round draft pick, has been out the entire season. And so they even got a, a hardship penalty or a hardship exception, I believe, either them or the the, uh, the Grizzlies. But you look at them, and that's a vulnerable team. You look from from the the bottom, they have hope, and the top, they have vulnerabilities. So. All the way through, there's all these different teams in the middle. Sacramento, we're assuming that they, they could go down, but right now, they're playing really well. They're 18-5. and five. They're, they're the eighth seed right now in the Western Conference. You look at the Houston Rockets, who are saying, oh, Houston, Houston is broken up. Houston is done. Houston is going to have to you know bottom out. They're right back in it. They're seventh in the Western Conference right now. They're 18-15, and 15, and they're right in it. The Clippers, who everyone was saying, oh, they're probably just a 500 team. I thought they were a 500 team. They probably might end up, they could still end up, being a 500 team, but right now 19 and 14, and they're fifth in the in the uh, the Western Conference standings. Then the Lakers, LeBron goes down with an injury in the third quarter today against the Warriors. They still end up winning, but it doesn't look like that injury is going to be serious. But all of a sudden, <laughs> Laker fans and and everybody following the Lakers just has these you know flashbacks of oh my gosh, if this guy goes down, all of a sudden this could be the Kobe-less Lakers again, <laughs> that team that just look, oh my gosh, what do we have now if we don't have LeBron? Now they have better pieces than they did back when Kobe went down, but 
all of a sudden you just think, man, if if LeBron does go down, you can't take LeBron James for granted. He is 33. He is, you know, getting older. He does have a ton of miles. He has been very lucky so far and very blessed with injury cons- with, you know, no injuries so far in his career. Injuries as of injuries of note. He had the hand in the, you know, in the the finals last year, but other than that, all of a sudden, if LeBron goes down, that team could fall out. They're 20 and 14 right now. They're fourth in the West, but they could end up falling out. But you look all up and down this the Western Conference standings, and all these teams seem like they're in there. And every single team is just clinging to these contributing players. If you try to look up and down the rosters and the rotations of some of these teams, you say, okay, well, Oklahoma City, they seem like a team. They lost in the first round last year to the Jazz. Seems like that's a team that needs to kind of make a move. They need to make something up, shake something up, do something. Even though they're third in the West, they're 21 and 12 right now, they need to make a move. They have to cling to every single contributing player on their roster because their rotation is kind of shallow. They need some guard help off the bench uh, besides you know Dennis Schroeder, and they just don't have guys to, to, to give out to be able to get somebody back. It doesn't it doesn't seem like that at least. And they're not going to give up on guys like Steven Adams that easy or obviously Paul George and Westbrook, but even, you know, off the bench, you know, uh you have Nerlens Noel. <laughs> they, they, he's been been pretty good for them. That's not somebody that they're just going to give up lightly. Um just they don't have a lot of of big pieces that they could move to try to just shake things up. They need all those big pieces that they have in there. And so all these teams clinging to all these players. <laughs> it's hard for me to see a trade happen in the Western Conference. Add on to the fact that despite how kind of stupid it is, when a team like the Timberwolves goes, well, we don't want to trade Jimmy Butler to somebody in the West because we don't want to play him you know, four times a year, three times a year, however often, or in the playoffs even. It seems kind of ridiculous at the time because you'd think, man, just get the best, just get the best package. Just go get the best trade you can get for a Jimmy Butler type. But GMs still think that way. A lot of them are, you know, still old school guys. Donnie Nelson, the Mavericks GM, obviously still an old school guy that has done some great stuff recently. But they still think like that. They still think, you know, oh, we don't want to trade him to the to a Western Conference. And so it's hard for me to see a big Western Conference trade happen. If you look at the Warriors, look at the Golden State Warriors. That's kind of the prime example of what I'm trying to say right now. The last trade that the Golden State Warriors made, July of 2015. It's been been three years since the Warriors made a single trade. And that trade back then was on July 9th. And it was David Lee for Gerald Wallace and Chris Babb (laughs) to the Celtics. (laughs) That was the last trade they made. And it ended up being a big one because, you know, Draymond obviously stepped in, played for for David Lee. They decided they didn't need David Lee anymore, even though he had been a two-time All-Star. And so they they decided to to ship him out. Kind of represented the whole big move for them. Um, And so David Lee gets shipped out. And uh, and that ends the era kind of there for David Lee in in Golden State. But nobody wants to trade with the Warriors. Nobody ever wants to trade with the Warriors because – they don't want to help, you know, teams that are in their within their competition either. And so it's easier to kind of trade with the Eastern Conference, trade maybe with a team that's not as good like a Phoenix. Phoenix is is primed and wide open for trades right, right now because nobody is threatened by Phoenix right now. Even though Phoenix has been playing fairly well recently, uh they had that four-game winning streak, but nobody's, you know, 
double thinking about Phoenix. No, nobody's looking at a rearview mirror saying, "Oh, damn, Phoenix is coming. We can't trade with Phoenix because you know we don't want to give them an advantage or help them in any way possible." But all these other teams, I'm I'm sure, are thinking in in those ways. So all that being said, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about the Flyers, the uh, bigger contracts, and the big swings that the Mavericks could potentially t- make or take in the Western Conference this year. All right. So let's start with the big swings. And this is the same kind of concept that Isaac did with the Eastern Conference. He looked at Flyers, big swings, and then he looked at some cap help slash bigger contracts. It's hard for me to find some of those in the Western Conference, but we'll we'll think of some. So big swings. If I look at some big swings that could be taken in the Western Conference, the biggest swing that sticks out to me that the Mavericks are not necessarily part of is an Anthony Davis trade. And if an Anthony Davis trade happens, can the Mavericks sneak in there and try to get you know something get somebody get somebody to help them get somebody in their rotation and maybe help one side or the other in return hard for me to see that too it's hard for me to try to think of a trade where the lakers send you know uh, a couple of their guys, they send Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, and the Mavericks are end, end up with one of those three. Or if they trade all four of them and the Mavericks end up with one of those four, you'd think that the Pelicans would try to want to get would want to try to get all of the guys that they could get possible. And so if you look at an Anthony Davis trade, uh, famously, Alvin Gentry, the coach of the Pelicans, said that he would wouldn't trade Anthony Davis for Beyonce, <laughs> which is just a, a ridiculous way of saying that they never will trade Anthony Davis. But if you look at the team, if you look at where they are, mention that they're 15 and 19, they, they're still in it for sure. They're definitely still in it, but that gap is widening. And all of a sudden you start sweating and you start looking at your, you know, your paycheck, you start looking, <laughs> start looking at it. And if you're Dell Demps, you start thinking, man, my time here could be ending because I wasn't able to put a team around Anthony Davis. And so maybe he makes a big, massive move to try and save his job by starting a whole rebuild for the Pelicans. A lot of people think that if that happened, then you should just end basketball in New Orleans and NBA, end it, end, end NBA basketball in New Orleans, move the team somewhere else. But who knows? Who knows what's going on in ownership? Who knows what they're, what they're thinking about um, on that side of it? But if they did decide to trade Anthony Davis, if you're going to do that, you might as well just send Drew Holiday somewhere as well. And could the Mavericks be that team? Could the Mavericks be the team that swoops in and is able to to snag Drew Holiday? He's on an awesome contract according, you know, at least I think it's an awesome contract. 25.9 million for this season, 25.9 million next season, the same exact contract, he has the exact same for next season and then the season after that, the 2021 season. And then a player option of 26.8 for 21-22. And so he's there. He would be an amazing fit with Luka. He's a great defensive point guard. He can do some of the other things. He can do all the things that a point guard can do. But he's not incredible at all the things a point guard can do. Whereas Luka is really great at a lot of the point guard things. You know, a lot of the point guard things and terrible at some of the other point guard things you want to do. Like defense. uh, You know, things like that. But... Drew Holiday would be a great fit next to Luka. If the Mavericks could somehow swoop in, try to make a trade for for Drew Holiday when Anthony Davis goes to you know, the Lakers or whoever he ends up going to, uh, if the Pelicans decide to do a huge rebuild, a massive rebuild, and trade both those guys away, then that could signal 
you know, the opportunity for the Mavericks to, to swoop and do that. That's a big swing. I mean, that's a massive swing. I, I don't imagine that happening, but it's 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 possible. If that were if the Anthony Davis trade were to happen, then you could see a huge rebuild for the Pelicans. Another one that I'm thinking of mentioned the Thunder earlier. Now, I also mentioned that the Thunder can't get rid of any of their players, but if you look at the Thunder's cap sheet, there is man. The cap right now, the salary cap in the NBA is $101 million. The Thunder, they're, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're at $145 million for their cap this year. So they're already way over the cap. The luxury tax is $123 million. So they are way over the luxury tax at this point. Next season, the cap is looking to jump up about eight million, looking to go to you know one hundred and nine million. The luxury tax, you know, a little bit more than than what it is this year, and one hundred twenty three million. the The salaries for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, as it stands, one hundred and fifty one million. That is, with Alex Abrines having uh, he's restricted. Um, that's including his you know restricted salary of six point eight million. Patrick Patterson has a player option of $5.7 million. The way he's playing, I'm not sure that he wouldn't just pick that up. That's without Nerlens Noel, without Raymond Felton. That's with, let's see, one, oh my gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 players on their roster. They're already at $151 million. That is incredible. Now, if the Thunder look at that and they say, gosh, we, we want to win right now, but we, we got to move some stuff. We have to make a deal because... We have Dennis Schroeder on our, our books. We have these two guys in Westbrook and Paul George who are incredible, but we need to create some cap relief. We're in Oklahoma City. You know, can't just be paying all these luxury tax bills for a team that's not going to go to the finals or, you know, not going to make it out of the first round like they did last year. And so maybe they decide they want to try to to make something like that. Maybe it's a, a money decision. Maybe they just can't do this massive tax bill next season because then they'll be in the repeater tax and that just it goes up from there. And then if you look at their cap bill for 2020-21, so not next season but the season after that, it's already at and this is the this is the guaranteed total. The guaranteed total, not any player options, team options, restricted guys, anything like that. It's already at 120 million. 120 million the cap is is going to be 109 million next season. I can't imagine it going up 11 million dollars to go to, you know, 120 and even then they're only paying four players. <laughs> they're only paying four players 120 million. That's Westbrook, George Adams and Dennis Schroeder. So if they look at all this and they say, "Man, not only is it going to help our flexibility now, but it's going to help our flexibility going forward. It's going to help, you know, the business side of everything." If they say, okay, we want to still try to win right now, but we got to get rid of some of this money. What if they decide some sort of DeAndre Jordan, you know, Wes Matthews for Steven Adams and Andre Roberson? Roberson has been, you know, in and out, and he's he's massive for the, for them on, on defense, but the team's already been a good defensive team, mostly without him. And so what if they decide some kind of swap like that? Both DeAndre and Wes are gonna be unrestricted free agents. You know, this summer, and so they get off a lot of that money. They still end up, they still are good this year, and then maybe they can negotiate to to you know keep those guys on 
for less money. And uh, and Wes Matthews also helps with their shooting problem. They don't have a lot of shooting on this team. Andre Roberson obviously doesn't bring any of that shooting. Steven Adams doesn't either. But Wes could come in and help be that shooter. So it fills two needs. Flexibility, still still staying you know relevant and competitive, and also adding some shooting. It's a potential. It's potential. It'd be a huge shakeup. These are the big swings. That's why I'm talking about them. Uh, and then the last swing, the big swing, is a Clint Capella trade, which is kind of the same thing with Oklahoma City. If you look at the Rockets, they have massive tax sheet coming up. Uh, not as big as the the Thunder, obviously, but next year their guaranteed total already is 131 million, so already over the luxury tax. Um, guessing, guessing it's already going to be over the luxury tax at that point, not knowing what the luxury tax is right now. And that's only with Chris Paul, Harden, Capella, Brandon Knight, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker on the roster. So they're gonna, they're gonna go over it because of the other guys they need to add. What if they decide to go a DeAndre Jordan, you know, maybe add Wes Matthews or somebody else, that kind of a route and get off of Clint Capella and maybe one other guy's contract for next season. Maybe they decide to do something like that. That's a massive swing that potentially they can do. That's a guy that I could see maybe being movies, pretty team-friendly contract. Mavericks could jump on that if the Rockets decide to go that way. I doubt they will. Again, all of these are high, pie in the sky, huge, massive moves. But those are three potentials that you know are are out there. So, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's take a let's. Take, Talk about some flyers, some some little moves, but guys that are out there that could bring some value to the Mavericks. All right, so a couple of flyers that the Mavericks could could target and maybe bring some value to this team. The first one that sticks out to me and is some a name that a lot of people have brought up is Josh Jackson. He's number four pick. He's still got a lot of potential. He could be a really good defensive wing in this league, but with drafting Mikhail Bridges, who Isaac and I were really high on in the draft, and he comes in and just automatically is better than Josh Jackson. <laughs> He's in the rotation already, and Josh Jackson has kind of, he hasn't fallen out of the rotation, obviously. He's still He started nine games this year, but his minutes are down from last year, and then his minutes are down on a team that is, is awful, just this really bad team. And this is a guy that could um, could you know be on his, his way out there in Phoenix. So that's a guy that I could see the Mavericks potentially targeting, trying to to add him to the rotation. He could be another, you know, another Dorian Finney-Smith type flyer that the Mavericks could could target and take a look at. That that name's been mentioned a lot. I like the idea of it. I'm just not sure of of his fit with the team right now. I'm not sure about his shooting at all or where his head's even at. Um, you know, if if he gets sent out by Phoenix, then does he get just discouraged that he failed or, you know, whatever. It's just something to, something to take a look at, but it's a guy that could take a flyer on. Another guy is kind of an interesting guy, which is another where you think, man, um, I don't know where what his fit would be with the Mavericks. Now, Josh Jackson's a wing. You can fit wings in anywhere. But Scalabca, just a, a name that you think of. Uh, he was good shooting big coming out of Kentucky, and I think I still think he's got a lot of potential. He was looking to be, you know, the starting center. He started uh, 28 games for the Kings last year, but all of a sudden the Kings are good. They have all these bigs. They drafted Marvin Bagley, and Scal is now completely out of the rotation. He's only played nine games this year. He averaged nine minutes, and so Scal could be a guy that the Mavericks could target, who the Mavericks could could add to, you know, their bench or to, you know, their rotation that could could add some value. Now he's. Not going to add a ton of value. These are why these are little flyer moves, but could be the shooting big that they really want in the second unit that Dwight Powell is trying to be, the Maxi Kleeb is trying to be. 
Neither of them that Dirk is coming back to try to be. Uh, neither of those guys are that. Scal could potentially be that guy. Um, we'll see. He, you know, he's. We'll see what his NBA future ends up being. But another flyer guy that you just you look around the league and you say, oh, you know, that guy used to be interesting. That guy was a, a highly, you know, touted prospect. He wasn't as highly touted as Josh Jackson, obviously, but he could he could be there. He could he could bring some value. I think. The last one that I want to look at is uh, Cindarius Thornwell, who is a uh, you know a guy for the Clippers who's kind of run into a similar problem as Josh Jackson in that he's just kind of been been taken out by some of the other guys that they've drafted and some of the other guys that they've added to the team. And he's six five wing. Um, you know, he could could be a guy that the Mavericks bring in and finally have a non. You know, they could have a guy that could could you know bring some shooting off the bench and have. You know, not a non-point guard, but a you know guy that isn't Devin Harris coming off the bench, and you, we're assuming that Devin Harris and JJ are eventually gonna you know lace it up for the last time. Cinderius Thornwell could be a guy that has kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. Uh, I mean, completely fallen out of the rotation for the Clippers because they're so deep, and uh, he's been replaced by um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and just he's he's not in there anymore. So that could be a guy that Mavericks could target. These are these are very minor flyers, obviously, with Scal and Cinderius, but guys that could be targeted and could be brought in and, and revitalized with the Mavericks. And so uh, those are some some flyers that I wanted to to look at in the Western Conference. There's not a ton because again, like I mentioned before, all these teams are just clinging on to guys. They're just they're taking whatever con- contributions they can get from any players and they're just trying to, to use them for all they're worth. And so uh, I don't imagine a ton of trades in the Western Conference, but we'll see. There's always names, there's always names that come out of nowhere and you just say Man, I did not expect them to trade that. I I very much expect a name that I mentioned today to be traded, even though I was like, no, I don't think that that guy could be traded. But I'm sure something will happen. That's the NBA. That's why it's awesome, and that's why we love it. So there you go. A little shorter pod today, but there are some trade targets in the Western Conference. And uh, tweet us. Tweet at me, at Nick Van Exit, at Lockdown Mavs, and at Isaac L. Harris. Any of your trade ideas that you have. We'll uh, potentially talk about them in the future, and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mats. Peace out. Boom. Boom.